This is On and Off Your Mat Podcast, Episode 3. What's up with crystal singing bowls? My name is Erica, I'm your host, and I'm super excited to share this episode with you. The music you're listening to right now is from today's guest. I had the pleasure to sit down with Adriana Shirindolo to chat about crystal singing bowls and sound healing. Adriana leads amazing session where she plays the bowls, sometimes other percussion as well, and she sings on top of it. The result is unique, truly powerful, and transportive. She studied sound healing at the Globe Institute, she's a Kundalini yoga teacher, and she also leads a ceremonial dance event with seven directions. If you would like to experience it in person, she has a session coming up here in the North Bay on April 7th, so I'll put all the detail in the show note if you'd like to join. Before we get started, there's one more thing I want to mention. I would really appreciate if you left a review on iTunes to help other people find this podcast. So if you write a review, you automatically enter a giveaway. This episode, you can win an amazing Lotus Shape Yoga Blanket. I'll give you all the details at the end, and I'll announce last episode's winner as well. Okay, I'll let you listen now. Hope you enjoy. Welcome. Thank you for joining me today. Thank you. I'm glad to be here. We've literally just finished a crystal bowl sound healing session here at Suka Yoga up in Novato, and I've been to many different sound healing um, sessions before, and I've never experienced something as powerful as I've had with you. So the first time I took it with you, I knew I wanted to sit down and have a chat. Cool. And get to know a little bit more about you and about what you do. So. When I started to do a little bit of research for our interview today, I realized I actually knew not a lot about sound healing and crystal bowls, and it was very interesting. So I thought we would just start with the basics for other people like me that actually enjoy it or might have never done it before, so they know what we're talking about. So how would you describe what you do? What is sound healing? What is crystal bowls? Sure. Yeah. So... Sound healing is using sound vibration to essentially alter one's experience, whether it's physical, emotional, spiritual. Mm -hmm. At the end of the day, everything in our world is simply vibration. Everything is energy. Energy is vibration. So everything from a piece of wood to a glass to your liver to your thoughts or a particular thought has a vibrational pattern. It's what allows it to exist um, in the reality that we're in. So given that that's the most visceral um, thread or makeup of everything in our reality, using sound frequency itself um, for altering the experience is, I would say, one of the most profound tools that we can use. So okay. from that um, foundation, if we want to talk about the bowl specifically, yeah. um, just to say that sound healing itself just is a huge field. You can do everything from um, using your voice to crystal singing bowls, which is what I do. I um, tone, which is basically using my voice and using sound frequency from my voice along with the bowls to um, using tuning forks to... Um, potentially using specific frequencies to address specific issues. Mm -hmm. It's a very large um, field. And so crystal singing bowls are quartz crystal bowls that have been molded into the shape of a bowl, um, similar to kind of like a glass blowing uh, process. And they have a beautiful resonant frequency that emits um, through the crystal. And so by 
using a wand and uh, the friction of the wand against the bowl, if you think about like a glass, a wine glass that you use your finger around mm -hmm. and the sound that that makes, it's a similar process with the bowls. And so those sounds are very healing with the crystal singing bowls to bring one into deeper relaxation. So what I do, I um, have found it's, it's most profound for me from the different modalities within sound healing that I've done to use the bowls and, um, and voice together to basically investigate when I do it on myself, to investigate what's happening in my body and bring literal sound to it and allow healing vibrations through the crystals to, um, to support expanding or healing whatever is in the way and bringing in new energy for healing. Okay. So mm -hmm. why did you choose crystal bowl in particular versus mm -hmm. another bowl like a Tibetan bowl? Sure. So I can say that um, essentially the crystal bowls, I think in some way kind of chose me. And I know that <laughs> <laughs> a lot of people that are in, um, whether they be artists or, you know, people that work in the realm of like healing and spirituality say that, um, that a certain instrument or something chose them. And for me, it was just a natural gravitational pull. Okay. So um, Tibetan bowls, I actually do have one that I work with once in a while, as well as tinctures, which are um, similar in terms of using metal to create sound. Yeah. Um, Tibetan bowls, while they do sing, have a different type of texture to them. They have a different um, just energy about them. So to get into a little bit of, of how you know this stuff works here with metal, so Tibetan bowls, it's a, it's a metal instrument, also the harmonium, which is kind of like a string instrument. I'm just using examples of odd harmonic instruments. Yes. So that's odd harmonics versus even harmonics, which is what the crystal singing bowls are. And that's a good example of even harmonics. Um, and depending on what the situation is, you're going to use either odd harmonics or even harmonics. So Tibetan bowls um, and other odd harmonic instruments are really great for breaking up stuck energy. So if you think of, um, if you have, uh, so just to use an example of this, if you have a, a plate, a metal plate that has sand on it and you vibrate the plate, what happens? Right. So first of all, that sand dissipates. Yeah. And also just an, a side note that's not relevant to my point here, but it creates a really fun pattern. And yeah. that's called cymatic since you see the pattern of the vibration in the sand. Mm -hmm. uh, but my point here is the the effect of breaking up the sand that happens when you put a vibration there. So that is a similar effect when you have even I'm sorry, odd harmonics. So a Tibetan bowl is great for, um, again, again, like waking up out of a meditation or deep sleep. Oftentimes you'll find or hear at the end of a meditation soundtrack, they'll have like a Tibetan bowl that they play yes. to tell you to signal, oh, it's now time for the next thing. It kind of alerts you. Yes. It's also great, odd harmonics are great for if you are, uh, for example, depressed, you know, it kind of, it's kind of a heavy energy and you need to get, you need to shift yourself into another Shake state. Shake it up. Shake it up. Yeah. Um, and then we can also get into the physical realm too, in terms of how um, odd harmonics, even like a physical mass, you know, like a ball of sand is a good example, but you can use that sort of idea of odd harmonics or binaural beats, things that kind of vibrations that shake up, even in things such as like a, um, a cancer mass or a tumor of some sort in the body. Yeah. So even harmonics, so now uh, with the crystal singing bowls, um, if you just play one bowl, 
really great for relaxation. So soothing a hyped up nervous system, for example, kind of bringing ease and peace to energy that is really um, stressed or anxious. So in our world today, we find- Who doesn't need that? <laughs> right? It's just commonplace yeah. for everyone to be so busy and be so stressed yeah. out. And it's a luxury to even have a moment where we can relax and actually bring in enough breath into our body that we're actually nourishing our blood so that yeah. we have oxygen. Um, and so crystal singing bowls, I think, are just really pertinent for the time right now to relax us. And so- I found that through my um, the course that I did, the sound healing um, certificate program, I had profound healing with the bowls. I had a resonance to it. It came naturally, naturally to me to sing with them, and I've just taken it ever since. How did you get into it? What, how did you decide to start it? You, you yeah. mentioned the program. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Totally. So I have loved music my entire life. In fact, my father was super into opera and classical music. Okay. And um, ever since I was in the womb of my mom, <laughs> um, he would literally place my mom in the living room and blast opera music because he didn't want to have to turn it down when I was born and a baby, you know? <laughs> he was getting you ready. He was getting me ready. So I've, I've been immersed in sound literally since I was in utero. And still to this day, like I can, you know, if you put classical music on or opera music, I will fall asleep on the couch. It doesn't even have to be classical, actually. I was at a party just a couple weeks ago and it was getting late and they're dancing and it's like, you know, the climax of this party, it's loud. And I just like fell asleep on the couch. I was just like so happy and just like the noise oh. around me, I just fell asleep. So um, that's, <laughs> that's my constitution. And I... Um, <laughs> when I was younger, I, I did classical, I was classically trained in piano and voice, and I always loved um, music. So when I moved to the Bay Area in 2010, I was looking to get back into music through some sort of course, because my career had taken me elsewhere and I was working in tech. And I randomly found the um, Globe Institute of Sound and Consciousness here in San Francisco. Mm -hmm. And I went to one of their workshops, it's like free one Sunday a month. And um, I was just like, sound healing, well, this is interesting. And um, I just had the experience of them talking about it. And I listened to some of the bowls and some of the live examples. And I literally, you know, afterwards was basically like, shut up and take my money. I'm doing this certificate <laughs> program. <laughs> totally. I'm like, this is amazing. Um, so that's what led me on my path. That's amazing. So. Mm -hmm. Since you have a background in music, how much of this for you is performance versus the healing mm -hmm. aspect of it? Totally. For me, it's, I've never considered it to be performance. Um, I mean, people are not watching, but they're there right. to receive it. They are there to receive. I've always considered this um, as a service of showing up and sharing an experience with people. Because when, yeah. Because whether I'm with one person in front of me or with a group of people, mm -hmm. or if I'm just by myself. Do you do it often just by yourself? You know, not enough. But you do it. <laughs> I do, I do. Yeah. Um, but it's almost more fun for me to do it with other people. It's kind of a gift. Yeah, mm. it is. And 
ultimately it's, it's an experience that is, I guess, more fun when there's other people around because there's more energy to draw from. Because what's happening is all of the work, um, or work, that seems so kind of technical and <laughs> official. Uh, yeah, official, but um, the sounds that come through, I should say, when I sit down to the bowls and I start singing is all improvised. And even the word improvisation doesn't really feel right. I just hear sounds and then I make them, basically. Mm. I hear them and I make them. And for me, it's very much a spiritual practice of grounding and being a clear channel and connecting in with loving presence or I am presence or whatever you know one considers to be the whole energy of all that there is. And based on that connection, I'm channeling whatever frequencies, I'm trusting that whatever comes through is for the highest good of who's around me. And it's my, my expression of that, yes. given the body that I'm in, given the voice that I have and the tools that I have. So it's a shared experience. And so the people that um, come to these sound journeys, each one of them is bringing their own vibrations. They're bringing their own stories and their thoughts or whatever they've, you know, experiences they've had during the day. All of that affects the field and it becomes this, you know, web of energies and intentions and fears and what I'm channeling, and even the word channel, I don't really love, but anyways, we're just gonna run with our language <laughs> what we have available to us. Um, the sounds that I produce is playing off of that energy. Yeah, so you must consider yourself a particularly sensitive yes. person to pick up that energy, to be able to it's take true. it and do something with it. It's something that I've had to come to terms with and through a lot of personal spiritual practice and having a spiritual teacher and really um, looking into and studying myself um, and just being real with what's there, I've come to just accept that I'm sensitive, I'm clairsentient, which means that I just feel energy. Yeah. And a lot of us are to some degree if we tune into it. But um, yes, I'm, I'm definitely very sensitive. Yeah, and I think the challenge is not letting my personality self get in the way when I sit down here with the bowls. Because oftentimes there's there's some chatter, you know, that I'm still working through of like, oh, is that, did that sound good? Or where's that coming from? Is that coming from an ego place or whatever? There's like this, you know, this tape roll that runs, which I think is common with people in any meditation practice that you do. You know, they say that their mind is running and it doesn't always pop in there, but it's there. I mean, I'm human, but, um, yeah, sensitivity is important, I think, in order to tap in and um, allow for that channeling of energy. Mm -hmm. And you find it is a meditative practice for you? It's absolutely. It's a meditative and, and spiritual practice. Every time I come to the bowls, um, just like every time I, you know, do a kundalini practice or um, anything else that is considered sacred to me, it's an opportunity for me to have quality time with myself mm. and have quality time with myself in connection with a loving presence or spirit that I'm a part of that's also always there for me. And I think that oftentimes we rob ourselves of that when we don't allow ourselves to have a spiritual practice or make time for things that end up becoming 
almost like a chore. Like, oh, I have to sit down and like meditate. Or, oh, I have to go to my yoga mat because I have to achieve a certain thing. And I want to, you know, achieve this idea that I have of myself that's disciplined and doing an hour of yoga a day <laughs> and drinking green smoothies and whatever, you know, whatever the hell is there. Um, <laughs> and um, what I've come to really play with, even over the last year, and realize is that this is a gift for me to, to sit down, whether it's at my mat or at my bowls, to have that time of nourishment. Um, and so I think that that's something that we oftentimes need to kind of change in our spiritual culture, you know, is, is looking at this as something that's really a gift for us, not yeah. something that we need to um, put on the checklist. Yeah, exactly. So when you sit with your bowls, either by yourself or with other people, do you have some ritual before you start? Yeah, that's a great question. Um, my rituals have definitely evolved over time. Mm -hmm. And so in terms of what I do now, it comes from, it's been influenced by several things. Um, I've, I've been a part of multiple women's circles for the last you know, at least six to seven years, for example, one of which is an earth-based dance ceremony. Mm. And uh, my teacher there has been um, taught in earth-based ways out of, out of the Kayumari Center for Sacred Studies um, lineage. And there we use sage to clear a space. We use a fire line, which is ultimately um, candles around the perimeter of the room. Um, as well as calling in the seven directions, hence the name seven directions, sacred dance ceremony. And so I've taken a few of those pieces into my container setting and container setting literally means just setting up the space of where a ceremony, in this case, a ceremony is taking place. I consider this all very ceremonial yes. because it's about connecting with spirit. So, um, I don't, I don't follow these rituals to a T all the time. It really depends on the context, but for a group um, ceremony um, that, I'm, that I'm offering to the public, I um, often have a fire line and you know, a perimeter of candles. I use sage to clear the space, I use sage to clear the bowls, and I always call in, regardless of whether it's for myself or one person <laughs> or public, uh, a sacred space energetically, just to, to maintain um, the integrity of, of the container. Yeah, that's mm -hmm. so interesting. Mm -hmm. um, okay, just switching gears a little bit. I'm sure. sure people are kind of waiting for that question. <laughs> um, so how does it work? What mm. makes this healing or mm -hmm. why are we doing it? Yeah. Do you, <laughs> it's a big question. It it's a feels loaded. Good. <laughs> it feels good. Yeah, that's a great place to start. It feels good. Yeah, so it's so funny because um, I, I find that over the course of my life, it's almost like all the education that I've gone through, I've had to, through my spiritual practices, it's all kind of been undoing itself. And all the things that mentally seem to be really important have been like undoing themselves. And more and more, it's about coming into my body and simply following my own feeling of what feels good and my pleasure. Yeah. So that's something I'm still exploring right now in my own personal practice. But like if you had asked me, you know, like several years ago, oh, I'm gonna do something just because it feels good. It's like, well, who, like, who cares? Like, oh, is it actually beneficial, you know? And you wanna see the science behind it and all of that. And all of that actually exists yes. with, with the bowls. And I'll get into that, but it's just, 
as almost kind of like a joke. It's like, well, if it feels good, why not just do it? And do you need to know how it works, really? Or can you trust your body enough that it feels good so you're going to do something? So anyway, it's just Is that of, your pe- your speech to the skeptic people? <laughs> like, well, it feels good. What else do you need? Well, the skeptics probably need some more uh, scientific evidence um, and more explanation in words, which is totally fine. And I get that because we are all different um, and are coming from different perspectives. But it is kind of bringing some lightheartedness to um, and the reality to the fact that we are as humans a sensory system and so we are having an experience because of our sensations and so the more potent and and kind of um, the more we're feeling the more we're living ultimately I mean, and now we're kind of going a little bit of a tangent, and I'll come back <laughs> just for a second. But I was at the Science and Non-Duality Conference um, in 2016, um, and I there was a great lecture that um, I'm trying to think. Jack, Jack, I don't remember her name. Anyway, regardless, we can maybe put it in a footnote or something. Yeah, we will. Well, yeah. So, but the point of of this lecture was it was talking about consciousness and what is non-duality and and so on and so forth. And something that she said struck me around the fact that our nervous system and how we sense things, we don't actually, at that base level, we don't, it doesn't register pain or pleasure as differently. It's just sensation and stimulation. It's our brain and our sense of what's right or wrong or what feels good or what doesn't. Those are just belief systems that are filtering that information of sensation. So at the end of the day, um, oftentimes pain actually gives us way more sensation than pleasure, which is interesting. Um, and we could go on a whole tangent around, <laughs> oh, well, maybe people actually want pain or how does that you know, work in our in our perspectives and so on and why is it that sometimes we can get into a depressive rut or kind of a victim stance and we stay there um but ultimately the point is is that we are sensory systems and so i think it's important for us to recognize that what we're feeling is actually really important on that base level and it's not just like this woo-woo concept so um Taking it back to your original question of how does this all work, I mentioned that everything is just energy. Energy is vibration. There's some skeptics that will, you know, counter me on that. That's fine. I I am not bullshit. (laughs) I am not a a physics major, but I have talked to people that are quite, you know, high level in physics and they agree with me on that, on that one agreement and that one stance. So um, but ultimately sound vibration is I mean, obviously, I guess, but the vibrations that we can actually hear. So we're surrounded by vibrations Mm -hmm. all the time, whether it's, you know, the Wi-Fi or um, someone's someone's vibration, like the the vibration of people around us. You know, our liver has a vibration um, and the lights, everything. We're surrounded and, and bombarded by them all the time. So sound frequency itself is just something that it's a vibration that because we can hear it, it becomes something that we can measure and we can tune into and we can follow. So sound frequency, in terms of the bowls, I'll speak specifically around the bowls and how that works mm-hmm. because um, we could talk forever about all the different modalities. We'll be here for hours. Yeah, totally. Which is fun for me, but probably not for all the <laughs> listeners. So, <laughs> um, so um, the bowls act as, give each of their frequencies, they, they act as vehicles for okay. an experience. And so the sound current is carrying information. 
That information is what? I mean, it's the information of the bowls themselves. They're made out of quartz crystal. So the crystal quality and the essence of the crystals are infused in the sound vibration that's coming to you. I have um, here with me three quartz crystal bowls that are clear, frosted, and then an alchemical bowl, which is has kyanite infused in it, the crystal of kyanite. And so what that means is that when this bowl is played, not only does the the quartz crystal that is part of this be part is part of the frequency but as is the properties of the kyanite itself and so you could go and you know check out and learn more about <laughs> all the properties and healings of crystals i mean we use crystals Total of quartz in episode. Our, yeah in our microchips and you know for technology i mean you could just go to deep dive but anyway so every time that they're played and the played um in the ceremonial context, what I'm doing is I'm tuning into um, ultimately loving presence or, you know, the, the larger I am presence and channeling whatever sounds I'm hearing that are um, beneficial for the people that are in community with me at that time. So what's happening is, so resonance, what's, what's really important is that frequencies are always in relationship. So I mentioned that we're bombarded by frequencies, but what does that mean? Do they just bounce off of us? Mm -hmm. Or like, how are we in relationship? Um, and what's interesting is that universe means one verse or one song. And so really our whole experience is ultimately a symphony of frequencies. <laughs> and when you think about hearing a symphony, you have different, you know, uh, song lines and instruments that yeah. are weaving in and out and playing with each other. And um, so just to, to use an example of resonance um, and sympathetic resonance, say you have a, uh, you, you play on, uh, say like maybe a keyboard or um, a certain instrument like an E, an E note, and that might um, vibrate the E string of say like a violin in the same in the same room. Mm -hmm. What's happening is, is that those frequencies are in resonance with each other. And um, what can happen is, is when you have a frequency that is stronger than another uh, frequency, it can actually entrain it and change it to that frequency. So mm -hmm. an example of this, that's, that's kind of real world is say you're in a room at a party um, or maybe it's a small group of people and someone comes into the room and they're really angry. And all of a sudden, the energy changes in your yes. in the room. You're like, "What is going on? Like, what's up with this guy?" And it's like, he him coming in or or she um, coming into the room has now changed the frequency. And because it's so strong, you're feeling it. You might not be fully entrained and all of a sudden become angry. Yeah. But I think we've all had examples of being around someone who's irritable, and all of a sudden we're feeling irritable. That person's frequency is so strong you're that matching it's, your exactly. frequency. Exactly, you're matching. So what's happening um, in the room when I uh, am holding sound ceremony is that if the participant is open and they're available to receive, which is a very big part of this, and you've mm -hmm. meant, I mean, we've been using the word healing a lot here, and I want to kind of talk about that in a, bit, in a bit, but the sounds themselves are being received by the receiver, and it's a vehicle, right, to emit energy that is ideally coming from loving presence. That's what, that's my intention when I sit here and I do a lot of work my whole life really um, is dedicated to being the clearest channel possible. So to be in integrity with the work that I do. Um, and then how that's received by the receiver has to do with basically what their relationship to that sound is. 
Mm -hmm. right? And where are the parts of their body or their psyche that need that vibration, almost like a plant needs food or, um, you know, uh, just to kind of use another example, um, I studied body talk for a while, and that is a healing modality where you use the body to determine what the priority is at that time. Like, say you have a certain disease of, like, the liver, but the priority really is the kidney because you need to clear the kidney first before you can get to the issue with the liver, mm -hmm. right? So in that same way, um, I believe, and I haven't done any you know, scientific studies on this, but how I think about it yeah. is that the sounds are received by the receiver based on that. Like, what is their priority that day? Like, what do they really need? And the sounds are going to, because they're coming from a place that is ultimately from our creative intelligence. I mean, we were created, I believe, if you are spiritual and you believe in oneness and non-duality, we come from this energy that is in inherently intelligent. And if you're open to receiving healing from that place, it's going to go wherever in your system you, you need, need it, it to. Mm. And so what that dynamic is, is all based on relationship. So I want to mention the word healing because I am not sitting here, you know, doing some fancy magic um, <laughs> to, to magically heal people. Um, it's very much me sitting here offering up a vehicle that is coming from a very pure, as much as, as possible, a pure place, a sacred place. And then it's up to the receiver to, you know, use that vehicle as they will and, and have a relationship with it or not. Like, you can be on the train or not on the train or, like, what do you want to do with the train? Do you want to take it, you know, to the right, to the left? We can co-pilot the train, you know. Mm -hmm. it's, it's a relationship. So you're yeah. offering that vibration and... The other person has to take it and do exactly what they need with it and it's not a conscious decision like i am going no, to take course. this vibration but <laughs> there's there's something in the psyche of of just needing to be open to receive because the actual uh, experience of the sound healing is you're lying down for the most part you can be sitting and just feeling the sounds wash off wash over you there's a surrendering that's happening but through that allowing mm -hmm. you are in relationship because you're saying yes and i've seen some studies for People that are looking for a bit more scientific mm. things about how the brainwave also will come and match some of those sounds. Is that something? Sure. So we were talking about entrainment. And yeah. so you can absolutely use sound healing for brainwave entrainment, you know, different um, like binaural beats and so on. There's a lot of cool meditations that use those or that um, work to get the brain in certain states. I don't, I don't consciously work with brainwave states when I am doing the bowl work, but that is absolutely something that happens. I mean, ultimately, um, other examples of that, you know, like you'll notice that people, I notice um, that people's breath starts to relax, right? Or um, they start to feel lighter. They all of a sudden their body is relaxing because of they're receiving this nourishing sound mm -hmm. that's, that's helping literally change their experience because the stress is unwinding, um, because they're able to breathe it more deeply. Yeah, totally. To the body and... Mm -hmm. This is probably also where the healing of the body can exactly. start to happen. Exactly. Right? <laughs> and that's, that's ultimately it. The healing is, is the person's healing. It's not my healing that I'm doing for them. They're saying yes to this mm -hmm. experience and to these vibrations. And the rest of the work is really the body and yeah. that person's spirit knowing what to do with it and, and healing itself.
really. So when people come to me and they say, oh my gosh, you know, like this pain in my neck went away or, oh, like, you know, my aunt who passed away came to me and was, you know, gave me information. I'm like, that's fantastic. And that's all yours. You know, I'm just a conduit offering an experience. You didn't do that. No, (laughs) I absolutely did not. (laughs) Um, So what can people look for as far as if we're talking about healing Mm. is it mostly energetic emotional Mm. or i've seen some claims you know you mentioned Mm. cancer in the beginning of the interview i did that's a really big statement yeah it's just it's it's true so (laughs) i mean i've read about ptsd and depression or pain Mm. management Mm -hmm. how far are we thinking taking this yeah well i think ultimately at the end of the day, sound and just vibrational therapy in this way is the most potent medicine that we can do as humans because it is our essence. And mm-hmm. as we continue to evolve and grow, like years from now, I'm envisioning a world where that's our primary healing. And we're going to have healing chambers that literally bombard you with healing frequencies, whether it's sound, light, um, visual, sacred geometry, and you go into these pods for maybe an hour or so, (laughs) get your energy back to what it's supposed to be in homeostasis instead of being surrounded by concrete and Wi-Fi and stress all the time. And then you are now in your full potential to take on, you know, the world for the next day, right? Um, So I believe that it can go as far as we are willing to take it. in terms of right now, what I can say people have come to me with in terms of their experiences and what they've received in healing, specifically in the ceremonies, I would say it's it's mainly subtle body and energetic and emotional healing. Mm-hmm. It's not uncommon for one to have an emotional release during a, um, a sound healing. And, a, and, and physical pain absolutely can also um, be diminished and, and has gone away um, as part of that. It's it's hard to really measure, right? Because in yeah, our current course. yeah, in our current world, that's so Newtonian and it's you know and it's science right now. It's like well, if you can't measure it, it doesn't exist. And there's so much out there now <laughs> that's actually kind of reversing that. But anyway, um, it's hard to to really look and say, well, this sound is what created this effect. But ultimately it's like, well, how are you feeling after the sound ceremony, right? Yeah. That's your gauge. This yeah. is again, the feeling. Something you said uh, really struck me about those chambers. Uh, <laughs> I'm like, it's happening, please. baby. They're coming. <laughs> so do you think of sound, like having healthy sounds in your life, just like you have healthy food? Totally. Versus, like sound pollution, you were saying concrete and... Oh, yeah. It's, it's all, it's all part of the soup. It's all part of the soup, whether it's sounds, the food, the feng shui of your apartment. Uh Do you have stuff all over the place that's just distracting you and like trash piling up in a corner or is it clean, (laughs) right? Is there enough light coming in? Are you getting like energy from the sun and how, um, you know, the colors and all of that. Do you have plant life? How connected to nature are you? All of that is what? It's contributing to your experience because you basically are whatever frequencies you're surrounding yourself with because you're going to get entrained to them. Like we're not these like, you know, these hard shell islands of beings that are just like moving around the world, um, you know, like automatrons that are... (laughs) 
not connected. We're actually a web of energies, and we are gonna, we are being affected, whether we consciously feel it or not, by everything around us. Now, of course, you know, you don't need to like take it off the deep end and be like, well, I'm gonna go off in the middle of the woods and like, you know, <laughs> completely take myself away from society. I mean, one could do that, but we are hardy enough as humans that we can deal with some. Mm -hmm you know, less uh, desirable frequencies and yes. pollution, and we're not all dying, you know what I mean? But, um, but a lot of us are sick, and you know, there's a lot of, there's just an epidemic of sickness in the so-called civilized first world countries that, yes. is, that is coming from the bombardment of these frequencies that are, techni I mean, just really unnatural, that I believe is um, the, result of the industrial revolution and all of the cultural changes that came from turning people into these soulful from soulful heartfelt beings i'm not saying necessarily we're already that before the industrial revolution but it didn't really help to bring more um of the mechanical to the way that we not only do like are in the world but actual measures of success in the world and that's that's really mm -hmm. dangerous so Yes, I think it's ultimately it's important. <laughs> ultimately, it's important to be mindful and considerate of what vibrations you surround yourself with. And we do have control. A lot of us want to think, oh, well, I can't because I live in a city or I have children and, you know, I, I only have mm -hmm. so much control. It's like it's true. And what do you have control over? We have yeah. control over our thoughts. You know, we have control over how we're showing up, how much breath we're taking into our body. Um, and some of us have control to how much sunlight or nature we receive. And I do recognize that unfortunately in our world, like it, it's a bit of a luxury to be able to fully immerse ourselves in all of, you know, all of this, the, the natural. But um, it's more about what, what do you have control over given your you know, um, state of affairs and where you are in your life and just start there. It's really about committing to your own self-care mm -hmm. and knowing that we have control over it. I think that's really key is knowing that we actually have control over how we're showing up to something. Yeah. And knowing, you know, it's like the serenity prayer, like, God grant me the gift to know what, uh, I don't know what exactly, what, what I can control and what I can't, the uh -huh. wisdom to know the difference, right? And it really starts there. Yeah. Oh, that's amazing. It's so interesting. I feel like we can go for hours. Um, I certainly can. This stuff juices me up, if you can't already tell. <laughs> but we're going to try to finish and wrap okay. it up. Um, well, maybe have to do a part two. And I want to ask you one more thing before sure. we, or quickly, maybe two yeah. more things. So you play <clears throat> the bowls, but I know you've been on the receiving end before. So yeah. I've only received, so I don't know that experience of playing, but mm. how is it different? How is it different oh from, yeah, having mm. that control of doing it and feeling the energy and building something from the people mm. in the room or from what you're having inside yourself versus <clears throat> receiving what the other person might perceive? You know, that's such a great question and one that I'm not going to be able to do justice to because... <clears throat> every sound healing, at least, so, okay, so just to start with, what I'm doing here, there's a spectrum of, of sound healing. It can be very technical. There's a certain methodology of the way that you do something because you're using specific frequencies in a certain way to, to, to create a certain response or outcome to very intuitive 
and more of just like a free flowing of mm -hmm. energy, right? That really comes from the intuition. And what I do is more on that latter part. So um, when I sit here, I am literally just creating sounds kind of on a whim. <laughs> um, nothing is premeditated other than the fact that I put my bowls out and I do whatever my ritual is to clear the space. Outside of that, it all just happens on the spot. And so whatever my expression is going to be is going to be very different from another sound healer or someone else that's creating their own expression from their own intuition. Absolutely. So as a result, I haven't had the experience, and maybe I will if I listen to my own recordings, of actually receiving my own sound. So I don't, true. I don't really know. But what I, can, what I can share is my own experience of, of being that conduit. And I have to say that it seems, um, it, it appears to be different than what people experience as on the receiving end. Because I am, I am physiologically, um, I get very hot, especially when I'm just kind of, for lack of a better word, like channeling energy that I'm hearing. I tend to get very hot. I sweat a lot. <laughs> and um, I'm just hearing sounds in my head and then following that sound current and just making the sounds. Other than that, there might be some chatter, as I mentioned before, mentally like trying to critique the sounds that I just made, or maybe I'll catch like eyes with someone who happened to open their eyes, and then I start wondering if they like hated what I just did, or you know, the ego will come in a little yeah. bit. But otherwise, that's really my experience is just, and it's, it's fun for me to sing to and to offer up sound. So sometimes I can get kind of lost in just the energy. There's moments where I do get lost in the energy that I'm creating and I'm, I'm, I'm actively receiving in that way. And I would say that regardless, I'm always receiving yeah. something from whatever I'm sharing. But it's, it's a very different um, experience. And I'm sometimes, or not sometimes, I'm often surprised when people come up to me and I might think that, oh, like I could have done way better than that. Or like, you know, my ego. Yeah, and they're like, oh my God, that was like the best I've heard yet. And like, they'll share some profound thing. I'm like, wow, cool. Like, <laughs> I guess it's valuable to people. Well, that's great because yeah. I like to do it. So <laughs> yeah. do you have an expectation of hearing yourself now that we've recorded you tonight? Um, are you such intentionally like going to lay down and listen <laughs> to it? Or? I will definitely have a critical ear. I'm Virgo rising and some can be very, and you already mentioned, you know, and noted how I can be very, uh, because I'm so sensitive, right? Mm -hmm. And I'm, I'm keen of the vibrations that are around me. I, I like things a certain way, right? I know what I like or what works for me and what doesn't. Um, so if I listen, which I will to the recording, I'm sure there's a part of me that's like, oh, wow, I wasn't, you know, because I, I, I'm tra trained vocal. I was I took lessons I don't know for like at least 10 years since I was eight and so I will probably critique myself and say oh that that one note wasn't supported enough with your breath or like you know that's slightly off or whatever that, that'll come through but I'm hoping that I'll also be able to just receive uh -huh. it'll be a very fun experience uh, you have to tell me we should chat yeah you, that'll you, be interesting um, listen to it <laughs> uh, before we finish if a listener wants to get into uh, this modality they want to mm. buy their first crystal bowl. Awesome. Where do they start? How yeah. do they choose it? What do they need to look for? Totally. I mean, I'm sure you just don't go on Amazon and buy any of them. There's mm. it's a connection, right? You must have some mm. kind of feeling. Mm. I don't know. 
That's Tell a good me. question. How do you choose a bowl? Totally. Um, so I've definitely had some people that afterwards would come up to me and say, oh my gosh, like I love this. I need to get my own. I would say that um, some people do just go on Amazon and just like <laughs> buy a bowl because I just want to start to build some yes. sort of relationship with this instrument, right? Sure. Ultimately, though, every bowl, every note um, has its own, again, frequency. It has its own energy. And just like anything, the energy very much is dependent upon the intention that went behind the making of that thing. So if you're going to buy like a really cheap bowl that was, I don't know, made somewhere that was more just to, for the mass production of uh -huh. bowls rather than for sacred work, you may not get the most healing out of it. It may not be the best quality crystal or who knows, right? Um, I would say go to a place near you that has, like in person, if you can, to a crystal shop um, that sells crystal singing bowls. And then, yeah, start to just play with them and hear the sounds and see what resonates for you. Mm -hmm. And maybe play around, too, if you have access to a piano or a musical instrument where you can listen to a range of notes. Some, an exercise we did in my sound healing course was finding our soul note. So that's actually how I found my first, or I procured my first bowl, which is in B-flat. Because through a series of exercises, which can be as simple as lying down with your eyes closed, listening to a different notes, one at a time, and seeing what it feels like in your mm -hmm. body. And if there's one that just feels like home, yeah. like for me, I was like, oh, yeah, B flat. Yeah. You know, <laughs> so I was like, B flat is my soul note. So I went then, um, you know, there's a wonderful distributor of bowls called Crystal Tones out of Utah. Um, they are probably, I don't know, probably the most famous, at least in the United States. Uh -huh. Really high quality. I, the people are great. They're sometimes around different like new age like fairs. And so I don't like the term new age, but you know, just for lack of a better term, different like healing fairs and stuff around. They sometimes have a booth. You can go on their website and you can find a bowl and it'll get shipped to you and you can get a nice case for it if you plan to travel with it. And so if you know your home notes or you know you- It's easier to choose. It's easier to pick mm. it up. And then different bowls, depending on the size too, are gonna have different sounds. Um, so it's all about feeling, oh. really. Yeah. yeah, it's a relationship, just like we've been saying. It's going to be a relationship with your bowl. Absolutely. Yes. yes. Awesome. Mm -hmm. Okay. Uh, that was so interesting. I'm so grateful that you uh, offered me your time. Absolutely. It's my pleasure. I love talking about this. <laughs> I want everyone to know about it. <laughs> I'll put all your info in the show notes, but if people are looking to either reach out, contact you, they want to yeah. come and experience this. Where sure. they find you? What's the best way to? Yeah, so I definitely welcome questions or any any um, anybody at all that wants to talk about this or receive a session. Um, my website is dreaminsound.com. Mm -hmm. um, I also have a Facebook page of the same name, okay. uh, Dream in Sound, um, and you can contact me there. We can chat. Awesome. awesome. Thank you so much. Thank you so much. This was so fun. <laughs> Thank you so much for listening. We have other great guests coming up, so make sure to subscribe. Now, if you want to make my day and get a chance to win your beautiful lotus-shaped yoga blanket, all you have to do is head on to iTunes and write a review. And I'll announce the winner on the next episode. If you don't know how to leave a review, check the show notes or go to my website at ericabelanger.com slash blog dash podcast. And I write my first name with a K. You can also see the blanket there or on my Instagram at erica.belanger. 
Last episode, Atleta was giving out a $75 gift certificate, and the winner for that giveaway is Paige D13. Paige wrote, You pose great questions that naturally turn into conversation full of information, and the conversation you have with these different and amazing women are full of great reminders to think about on and off the mat. I love the penny story that happens to me with hearts. Thank you so much, Paige, for your comment. Now email me at erica.belanger at gmail.com and I'll send you your gift card. See, it's that simple. If you enjoyed Adriana's music in the intro, I will leave you with a few minutes of it now. So close your eyes, lay back, and enjoy. Until next time. <laughs>